Let's jump into Psalm 75 this evening. Psalm 75. We'll read it, and then we'll pray. Psalm 75. We give thanks to you. Oh God, we give thanks. For your wondrous works declare that your name is near. When I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. Selah. I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked on the earth drain and drink down. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will also be cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even as we gather here this evening, we've had the privilege um, to add another to our number. We rejoice even as we are reminded of your work in each and every one of our lives. Those moments in our life when your spirit works through your word to open our eyes to our need, to our sin and our separation from God, and then to rejoice in the love of God in which you sent your only son to die on the cross for our sins, to bear our punishment, and to give us life. I pray if there is anyone here this evening who's never placed their faith in Christ, that even this evening, just as Jenny's eyes were opened to her need of a Savior as a young girl, even this evening maybe there's someone here whose eyes have been opened even through her testimony. I pray that you'd be honored in this time as we look at Psalm 75, that you would work in each and every one of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 75. I must admit, when I first started, turned to Psalm 75 this week, and I first started kind of studying, my, my heart kind of rejoiced a little bit. It seems that recently, as we're going through Habakkuk, and in the Psalms, and in Daniel, it's been very heavy been very heavy. There's been a lot that we're working through, trying to work through the, the justice of God and his, his sovereignty and, and all these big themes. Even in the Psalms, it seems like it's been very heavy. And, and I was looking forward to one of those, not that there's any Psalms that are fluffy, but one of those Psalms where it's, thank you, God, you know, just rejoicing in who the Lord is. And I turned to Psalm 75, and this first verse caught my attention. We give thanks to you, O Lord. O God, we give, or we give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks for your wondrous works. Declare that your name is great, or your name is near. And that's not where it stops, though, is it? It goes on. It goes on. And we see that not only. Uh, is it there but what is it that he's giving thanks to the Lord for 
And as you work your way through Psalm 75, you see that the psalmist is thanking the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord for his justice. And so here we come back around to this this subject, this, this heavy thing, dealing with the Lord's justice. And so even though he gives thanks, he gives thanks to the Lord for his justice. And that kind of caught me off guard at first. We don't often think of thanking the Lord for his justice, right? Or thanking the Lord for his um, judgment. Those are more things that we kind of talk about. We try to generally, you know, understand the Lord is just. He will judge. But let's thank the Lord for his love. Let's thank the Lord for his, his grace and his mercy. And yet we should praise the Lord for his justice and his judgment. And that's what we see here in Psalm 75. As the Lord's people rejoice in his justice. It's Psalm 75 is a song of thanksgiving focusing on God's justice, his judgment on the wicked and on the righteous. So you start out, obviously, verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. O God, we give thanks. The, the we here in Psalm 75 is Israel, specifically, God's chosen nation. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works. Your wondrous works, the things that God has done to guide and to guard his people. There are many mighty things throughout history, Israel's history that they often look back to. In fact, we've talked often about how, how often, I just use the word often a lot. We talk regularly about how often uh, the crossing of the Red Sea and the Exodus comes up in the Old Testament. That's something they continually look back to. Look what God has done. The crossing of the Jordan. The conquest of the land. All these things that God has done. Your wondrous works. Declare that your name is near. Your name is near. Your eminence, that you are here, that you are with us. That we are your people, not just in some distant sense, but you are with us. In fact, that's one of the things that you see all throughout the Psalms, is it not? That's one of the things that the psalmist, regardless of who it is, struggles with. Where are you, God? Why don't I see you, God? Why don't I hear you? I I don't know where you are. And yet his wondrous works declare that he is near, that he does hear, he does see, he is at work, and the wicked are judged. And if you can't see that in the present, look back to the past, look at his wondrous works. And see what they declare. What he does has declared who he is. So look back to his wondrous works. Now interesting, as you work your way through the psalm, now as you come to verse 2 to 5, it's actually the Lord that is speaking here. Right? Notice all these eyes in here. This is the Lord. When I chose or choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. I said to the boastful, do not be boastful. Do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. This is the Lord speaking. When I choose the proper time. The Lord will judge in his perfect time. 
His justice is always on time. This is the very thing that Habakkuk is struggling with as we work our way through Habakkuk, is it not? Habakkuk in verse in chapter one is struggling with, where are you, God? Do you not see this evil that's going on on the streets of Jerusalem? Look, look how wicked your people are. Where are you? Where is your justice? And then God answers him. You have no idea what I'm doing. I am at work in the world in ways that you do not know. In fact, I am raising up the Babylonians to bring justice. Well, then how does Habakkuk respond? Habakkuk responds, well, hold on, God. How is that just? How can a, how can a holy God use the Babylonians who are so wicked to judge us for our wickedness? Is that, how is that just? And again, the Lord responds. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You don't have to understand. You just have to live by faith. When I choose the proper time, he will judge in his perfect time. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. He will choose the perfect time and his judgment will be fair and it will be just. Verse 3, you see the power of his judgment. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. This judgment is not a slap on the wrist. This is a powerful God. And yet, at the same time, I set up its pillars firmly. His power and judgment, the earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. And yet... Just as he is powerful to judge, he has power to preserve and to stabilize. I set up its pillars firmly. The very earth that I judge, I sustain. I judge and I uphold. He's a powerful God. Verse 4, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. To the wicked, do not lift up the horn. The horn is kind of the idea of... um, power or glory of an animal? Right, you think of a, I'm not much of a hunter myself, right? but from what I understand, when you go hunting, if you get a deer with bigger antlers, that's a bigger prize. That's a better deer. There's, it's a sign of the, the glory, the power. And so the idea of lifting up the horn is the idea of insolence, a rebellion, an animal lifting up its horn. It's expressing its power. The Lord is saying to the wicked here, do not lift up the horn. Don't lift up your, your power in rebellion or insolence to me. Don't be boastful. Don't lift up the horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck, stubbornness and pride. Why? For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Don't seek exaltation or applause from man. Don't seek glory from man. It doesn't come from the east or from the west or from the south. It, is not from, comes from, it does not come from earth. You don't answer to any of these men. Who do you answer to? God is the judge, verse 7 starts with. God is the judge. Those four words is kind of the theme of this song. God is the judge. 
And he is a just judge. He is a fair judge. He is righteous in his judgments. He is powerful. He sustains. God is the judge, and he is a good and a fair and a right judge. It is he who puts down one and exalts another. It is God who lifts up, and it is God who puts down. It is God who does all his holy will. It is the Lord who distributes punishment and reward. So don't shake your fists at the Lord. Don't lift up your horns and power and glory and exaltation. You don't answer to men. You answer to God. It is God who judges. Verse 8 then, and this is imagery that's, that, that is very familiar to us. In fact, it's imagery that Jesus uses on the cross. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is fully mixed, and he pours it out. This is a cup that has been specifically set aside for this. It is the, the cup of God's wrath. It's the picture of Jesus on the cross, and, or before the cross, in Matthew 26, 39. It's in the garden. He says, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. That's that cup of God's wrath that he drank. Again, I don't keep meaning to go back to Habakkuk, but it seems like all these psalms tie in exactly with what we're at. In Habakkuk 2.16, we just saw this past Sunday morning. Babylon, in their uh, wickedness and their debauchery, and they take advantage of the nations around them. And, and the Lord says in, in Habakkuk 2.16, it says, but you, Babylon, you will drink of the cup. They get, they get others drunk so they can have their way with them. And the Lord says, but you will drink. And that's the same idea that you have here. You will drink of the cup of the Lord's wrath. You will be judged. It's a picture we see all throughout Scripture. God's wrath like a cup. And it's not, it's not just a little sip. He pours it out. He pours it out. Just pause right there before we even go forward. Think about this, 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 the big view of God that we get here in this psalm. He is so great that he at the same time, uh, in verse 2, it's, uh, verse 3, when the earth and its inhabitants are dissolved, he has the power to dissolve earth, and yet he upholds it. This is a big and a powerful God. And it is his infinite and powerful wrath that fills this cup that is poured out on the wicked. Surely it's drags every last drop till all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. This judgment of God will be poured out on the wicked every last drop. And yet notice the response of God's people again. All right, verse 8, this is a terrible thing for the wicked. And yet verse 9, but I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Psalm 75 begins with praise and it closes with praise. Because while the wicked face God's judgment, the righteous sing God's praises. I will declare I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. 
Verse 10, all the horns of the wicked I will also cut off. The horns, again, the idea of their power, their glory, their boasting. They'll be cut off. They will be judged. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Judgment for the wicked and glory for the righteous. Judgment for the wicked and glory for the righteous. The righteous rejoice while the wicked are judged. Psalm 75 is both a terrifying picture of God's power and his justice that is poured out on sin. And it is a glorious picture of the grace of God that keeps and sustains and blesses his people. You have two groups in this psalm. Those who drink every last drop of God's wrath poured out on them for their wickedness. And those who drink forever of the grace of God, who declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. The Lord is good. He's good both in reward and in judgment. He is glorified both by his love as displayed in the gospel and by his judgment as displayed in the condemnation of the wicked. A psalm like this opens our eyes, gives us a big view, a big vision of our God, of his power, of his glory, and of his justice. And it's a terrifying vision of his justice. And yet at the same time, it's a sweet view of his grace that causes his people to give thanks to this God. For your wondrous works declare that your name is near. He is a God who both judges the wicked and leads and cares for his own. So as you come to the end of this psalm, I think first, this goes back to even Jenny's testimony this evening, first you need to be honest with yourself. This is a terrifying and inaccurate picture of God's wrath against sin. The Bible makes it very clear. All have sinned. We are all unrighteous. And Romans 6.23, that the wages of that sin is death. It is to drink the dregs And to drain and drink down this cup of God's wrath against you. We deserve death. And yet, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus drank that cup for us. He took what we deserve and he did it for us. And the answer The way to to be saved from this wrath is not by being good. It's not by coming to church. It's not by giving to church. Your good deeds do not make up for your bad deeds. It's simply to trust in the one 
who drank the cup of God's wrath for you. He died for you and for me. So if you've never placed your faith in Christ, look, take an honest look at this song. See the wrath of God poured out on the unjust. And yet see the grace of God that sustains and keeps his people and turn to that God and trust in him. Secondly, for those of us who are already in Christ, those of us who've placed our faith in Christ for salvation, I think a psalm like this reminds us of God's wrath, of the need to go and share the gospel because of the reality that there are people who are dying and going to hell. At the same time, I think there's hope for us here to trust him and to praise him for his justice. I mean, how many times have have we ever taken time in a prayer to praise God for his justice, for his judgment? But even his judgment declares his glory. So praise the Lord for his judgment. Praise the Lord for the reality that no one Regardless of what they've done or who they are, no one will get away with sin against a holy God. He sees and he knows. And so rejoice in his judgment, find hope in that, and also find hope in his sustaining grace that keeps his people, that is near to his people. With that, we're going to transfer.